There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. The Opinion Line. Cork's 96FM. Will Kennedy is a member of Act Up Cork, positive Cork. And as I say, Will, we've spoken before. You live with HIV. Good morning to you. Good morning, uh, PJ. How are you doing? I'm very well, thank you. And and I know that you're a, a little nervous, and I know that you're finding you're finding it's a sin, tough going. Uh, and we'll talk about that in a while. Mm-hmm. But your life with HIV is just what? It's a couple of tablets in the morning, and you get on with things. Oh yeah, I mean it's far different. It, it's good that they're highlighting what it was like back then. But now, um, what I would like to see after this show is maybe some kind of documentaries on what it's like now, because it's living with HIV, not dying yeah. like it was back then. And uh, you met me when I was in the studio. I'm 63, but I'm very fit. I work out everything, like you know. Um, yeah, there are side effects, but I mean seriously, it's nothing. I mean, put it this way: with the vaccines coming out now for COVID. Uh, I can't say that HIV is an underlying condition anymore. <laughs> you know, uh, can't use it now uh, because it's not seen as an underlying dangerous condition unless your CD4 count is gone under 200. Uh, that means you've, but if you're on medication, you won't be. It's just seen as a treatable illness now, like, you know. Yeah, which, which, which is magnificent. But back then, and this show captures it so starkly, like it was, to all intents and purposes, a death sentence. Oh, totally. Um, I watched an interview with the cast, actually, on BBC One this morning, in, coincidentally, and uh, the boyfriend of Terence Higgins, the ter- who they founded the Terence Higgins Trust Fund, Rupert, was being interviewed, and he said he can't watch it. Uh, it brings up too much. I'm only watching it one episode at a time. I record it on Friday night, and it could be Monday or Tuesday when I watch it. So I've only watched two episodes because it really does... Um, uh, just bring up such dark, bad times, like, you know? Yeah. Um, I it's mean, the story of four friends, Richie, Roscoe, Colin, and Jill. Uh, and they move in together into a, And there's a lot of wild parties and student yeah. life and young people's <laughs> life, which is wonderful. But in the, in the middle of it is this horrible specter that haunts all their lives and, and destroys lives and destroys families. It's... As I said at the time, I had, when I was in school in the early, in the early eighties, and, and one of my best friends in school was a gay man. And I saw, I saw the bullying that he went through, and the terrible way he was treated. And when people began to think about AIDS, they threw it at him in the schoolyard. Oh yeah, I mean it was it was horrible because people kind of forget like what Ireland was like back then. Um, 
homosexuality was a criminal. You know, it was criminalized. It wasn't legal here in 1993. So... On top of then, that came AIDS, like, and it was called GRID at first. You may have mentioned that yourself there, gay-related immune deficiency. That's right. And uh, I like that in the show, like, where, where there's a part where they say, like, it's, it's gays, it's homosexuals, haemophiliacs, and Haitians. How could this disease be just attacking the letter H? That's right. <laughs> Who next? Hull and Hartley <laughs> It's very funny, actually. <laughs> it, that was a funny line, because it was like, how could this disease just be targeting a certain sector? But at the beginning, I think because it was seen as homosexuals, every country, including our own, uh, really were very slow to respond to it. I mean, absolutely. Ireland was totally unprepared. Do you know that at the time, uh, as regards STI treatment and, you know, hotels, give a clinic now and stuff in Victoria Hospital, there was only the four main hospitals in Dublin and St. Finbar's. They had a special clinic that was kind of attached to the outpatients. We didn't have an STI clinic anywhere in Ireland. Um, It was appalling, like, and then you had, as I said, it was illegal uh, to be gay. Uh, Condom sales were restricted until 1993 when they lifted the age. So nothing in Ireland was ready for this when it happened. Absolutely nothing, like, you know, and the government totally slow to respond. I, I really think only for the LBGT activists at the time. Nobody would have given a shit about us, like, you know? Yeah. What was it like growing up gay in the 80s, Will? Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, I'm actually writing a book, My Secret Life. Uh, I'm nearly finished it. I was speaking to you last year about it, and uh, it was appalling. Um, I carried that secret with me everywhere I went. Um, I took to drink and alcohol to cope with my um, thing. Fortunately, I'm sober now, 26 years. Uh, it was horrible because everywhere you went, you knew, especially as you got older, no girlfriend, no nothing. You were the odd one out. You stood out. There was questions began. And I mean, I was questioned from a very young young age. I think it was obvious that I was gay, like, you know, um, which made it even tougher. Uh, I mean, I ended up doing stupid things. I was in the priesthood for four years to try to get cured. I was in the army for 21 years. A gay man. I, I didn't belong in any of those places. I was desperately trying to fit in. Um, <laughs> whatever society thought a, a masculine man should be like. Um, because the abuse you got was just unbelievable. And then when AIDS came along, we bore the brunt of it. Mm. And I will say, in the gay community, because it was the good gays and the bad gays, <laughs> mm-hmm. the innocent victims and the guilty victims. They, this illness was moralized, particularly, you know, in Ireland with the Catholic Church and its history. It was like, uh, the Irish government at the time, believe it or not, sorry, this just came to my mind, were actually fighting the law in the European court to try and legalize uh, homosexuality. They were fighting against it. Mm. And they were considering using AIDS as an excuse to keep homosexuality as a criminal offence. So everything about that time was just, to me, it was the blackest, bleakest time of my life. Um, I knew friends and everything, like, as as we got... Hold on. Is that line there, Will, you're dropping out a little bit, move a small bit maybe. You, you talked about your friends, yeah? Yeah, I, I had friends like that, um, you know, have no died of AIDS, but I remember the first case reported in 1980, and it took five years before the Irish government started doing anything in 1987, and by then we had 24 deaths mm-hmm. and 590 positive cases. But it was the treatment um, was appalling. If you... Uh, 
This was going on in 2007, even when I was diagnosed. Uh, if you were going to dentists or anything like that, you got the last appointment in the evening at six o'clock. Everything was covered in plastic. The dentist was double gloved and double masked and geared up. And I got it at the beginning because nobody knew really where this was coming from, you know? Mm. Uh, I could see the terror. You see that in the show yeah. uh, when Jill goes to help her friend, uh, Gloria. And she's wearing the gloves and she's terrified and she scrubs herself and gets rid of the cup. I got that at the beginning, yeah. But as time moved on, 1987, the Irish were still treating it the same because there was no reporting of it here. We heard things about this over in America uh, was happening. Like, and I'd say we ignored it, to be honest with you. Uh, we thought that, I think they thought that's America. That'll never happen here. It's not happening here. Like we're we're not like them. We don't have the uh, the bathhouses and everything as they were called in America. Well, well I can remember um, Will being. Ah, oh, we don't have gay people here. What? Yeah. What? <laughs> <laughs> There's my, my buddy in school. Like. <laughs> oh God, yeah. Uh, we were a total uh, non-entity, and you see, I, I think on top of trying to fight the uh, AIDS and get proper treatment, a lot of people wouldn't weren't even out at the time. So when you went to a doctor and you were, you know, maybe diagnosed with bloody HIV, I mean, this was a double blow for people because now maybe your whole sexual history was, you know, the doctor went through it and everything. It was the first time somebody, people were being forced to come out, like, you know. Yeah. But then it was the, I liked about trial in the, in the show about the, the family when Gloria dies. I knew people that happened to. Every thing of the person who died of HIV, all their possessions being burnt, the room scrubbed from top to bottom, the, the isolation in a hospital, like, that actually happened. And only for the LBGT community uh, started things going. Um, like, it was all voluntary work. Like, I mean, there were good organisations here in Cork. You had Cork AIDS Alliance, which is now the Sexual Health Centre. Yes. You had Dublin AIDS Alliance in Dublin, which is now HIV Ireland. You had AIDS West in Galway. But all these were driven by LBGT volunteers, we were actually doing the work of the government. <laughs> Do you know what struck me at the time too, Will, was even when we knew, and I, 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 get, I get it that very early in the time you thought that people thought you could get it just by standing next to the person mm-hmm. or by using the same cup or plate, which is so brilliantly put, through, you know, yeah. displayed in the show. But strangely enough, do you remember... Colin, the gay guy in EastEnders. Yeah. Yeah? Mm-hmm. That, that particular dramatization in the soap, but they tried to keep his own pint glass for him in, 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 the, in the Queen Vic. And it yeah. was through that, I think, that a lot of us then learned, no, actually, this is not going to age at all. There's no problem here for the rest of us. But it didn't seem to sink into the thick heads of <laughs> most people in society. Well... I hate to say, uh, last year there was a survey done here in Ireland and 11% of, in this survey, 11% of 18 to 24-year-olds still thought you could get it from toilet seats. 24% thought you could get it from kissing and 27%, I think, thought you could get it from coughing or sneezing, the person coughing or sneezing on you. This is Ireland 2020. That's scary, Will, I'm sorry. That scares the life out of me. Yeah, and I mean, I, I, I actually have that, like I have it here in front of me, like the report um, mm. from last year, the survey done by HIV Ireland, and it shocked me that, like, well, I mean, there are gay, young gay people on that interview I saw this morning about the show ringing in 
young gay men and women ringing in and saying, we didn't know this was what it was like in the 80s. It's kind of never been spoken about yeah. openly. Like, like That's what I love the show is doing. It's now bringing up a, par- a part of our history as a, a gay man that like it's never actually been looked at and the effects it's had on people, like, you know, their lives. I mean, people died completely on their own. People were rejected by family. Partners, if you had a partner at the time, you a family might step in and you were totally, you know, shunned. You had nothing to do. You couldn't bury your partner, nothing, because being gay was illegal. There was so much like that. You were like lepers, uh, absolute lepers. Um, is the only way I would describe it. Like, I mean, we used to make a joke, like at one time, uh, we should go around wearing bells when I was diagnosed in 2007 because... I used my humour a lot to deal with my own situation. And when I was diagnosed in 2007, I swore to myself, because I was an activist then since 1994, I was not going to kind of go into a HIV closet like I grew up in a gay closet. Yeah. That that experience of growing up gay in Ireland really shaped me when I was diagnosed with HIV. Um, because I was completely shocked, if I'd be honest, all through my drinking and drugging, <laughs> nothing happened. And then as a sober man for years, I got HIV. And it was like... The judgment then on me, oh my God, it was unbelievable, even in 2007. Really? Uh, all the things that were said to me, uh, finger pointing, it was my own fault. There was still this moralistic view that like, I was a certain type of gay man, slush basically, like um, had behaved in a certain way. And it kind of shocked me like that, that was still going on. But it, it's slowly getting better, slowly. And Good. I think it's, the work of, like yourselves now doing this, the radio show, that show out. Because I think if we can highlight how bad it was, I mean, it's one thing for me, you know, to be saying how lonely, how isolated, how bleak of a life growing up. But to portray it and people to see it, that people were actually treated like utter lepers. I mean, the medical profession. There's a doctor in the show, like uh, Jill goes to him and she's asking about AIDS information and he's like, why would you be asking me that? Why? Right. I'd have nothing to do with that. Like, the general population, it's them. It's, the, it's those drug users, injecting drug users and the homosexuals. We've nothing to do with them. And that's what it was like. They wanted nothing to do with us when this broke. Um, it was like, in a way, like, kill them off. I mean, there was talk in America of putting people with HIV on, um, you know, islands, isolating them, locking them away, like, on uh, like concentration camps. Um, yeah. It was... I can, I, hear, I, I can hear it in your voice, and I know now why you're only watching it one, one episode at a time, because it must be very hard for you. Well, in the first episode the young guy, the singer, I forget the name of his character in this, he's Jill's friend. Um, yeah. He's asked Richie. going for a job, inter- yeah, Richie, going for a job interview, like the actor, what did he want to do? And he says one thing at the end of that interview, I just want to be happy. He said, and I thought, he's going to die. And I just said to myself, I can't watch the show. It's just too fucking hard. Sorry. You're sorry. okay. You're okay. Under the, the circumstances. About people who died uh, that I knew and everything and the way they were treated. Nobody who hasn't experienced being shunned, basically being shunned, can understand it. Um, we can try, like, you can try to empathize with somebody, but when you're told you're rotten, you're diseased, get away from me, um, it's your own fault. And yet a virus is a virus, as we're seeing now, you know. A virus doesn't discriminate. It just, you know, infects. And I think 
The amazing thing about this virus, the amount of money and research and things pushed into um, looking for a vaccine straight away uh, because it's in the general population, you know, we're all affected, mm. is totally different to what happened when, I mean, nobody was researching, nobody was doing anything. Are the they still days. looking for a HIV vaccine or have they stopped trying briefly? Uh, I hear a lot of rumours, but the thing is, the treatment's getting so much better. We now know that the, there's trials of the monthly injection at the moment. So it means you get an injection, you don't take the tablet every day. That hopefully will become a yearly injection. And they're talking about, uh, like the contraceptive thing that women get uh, in your arm, an implant. Wow. And that will be 12 months. So if there's never a cure, the greatest thing about it now anyway, even if there isn't a cure, is the way we can eradicate HIV. If people take note of the news, U equals U, I can no longer infect anybody yeah. once I'm on medication. I think. So if everybody actually got tested, everybody knew their status, everybody was on medication that's HIV positive, we could no longer pass it on. It could no longer happen. But you fight that battle, I'm afraid, in Ireland still, like with yeah. the moralistic attitude. Well, briefly, before I let you go, first of all, thank you. Secondly, I, as soon as that book is done, I want to read it and I want to talk to you again about it. But on a lighter note, isn't the soundtrack just the best ever? Oh, my God. <laughs> the soundtrack is brilliant. It takes me right back to the 80s. I keep waiting for the common arts and stuff to come into like it. They're there. They're there. I promise you. Uh, Everything is there. Everything is there. I loved. They, they, were my, uh, they were my idols. They kept me going. <laughs> All right. Listen, listen. Good talking to you, Will. Thanks very, very much. That is, uh, that is Will Kennedy. Corks 96 FM. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.